Hello and welcome to learning from each other. Uh, we're t- <laughs> two nice friends, two lovely friends. My name's Theo and his name's Charlie. Talk about Hello. things, varying levels of seriousness, varying levels of passion and care. <laughs> and today we have a subject which I believe harbors a lot of passion and care from you, Charlie. Correct. Yes, and also like a very high amount of seriousness. Also, it's, and I, I'm going to take this Trinity. so seriously. I'm not going to laugh a single that. time. I'm not going <laughs> to have fun. I'm going to cry multiple times. <laughs> okay, good. So, um, so I I wanted to teach you, Theodore. Yeah. About the wonderful world of professional wrestling, which I know a tiny bit about. And in fairness, I did used to watch it. Back in, okay. back in the day. But, Who was your favourite when you watched it? Well, so I used to watch it with my uncle when I was really, really uh-huh. young. And when I was that age, what I should have been watching currently was like Steve Austin, like the Attitude Era, right? Okay. But because I watched it with my uncle, we watched his VHS tapes. So I actually watched the classic era. So my favourite uh. was, was, oh yeah! Ooh, <laughs> macho man, the cream rises to the top. That was my, <laughs> that was my guy, um, macho man. And then Andre the Giant was my second favorite because he was just like, no, I could never understand anything he said. But he was. I'm great. very happy about the lack of Hulk Hogan in your. I fucking too. hey man, I I <laughs> hate. Sorry for the first f bomb of the podcast. Are we bleeping those out? By the way, I was just gonna go for it. Fine, it's up to you though. I mean, uh, we e- even as a child. Even as a child who was so young, he was totally unaware of things like racism and sexism. He's just such a blissfully innocent little cherub creature that hasn't yeah. experienced the cruelties of harsh reality. <laughs> I thought Hulk Hogan was gross. I didn't like how much okay. he glistened, and I didn't like <laughs> how much yellow he wore. I thought it was distasteful. Um, and I also did thought, you like, like how much he called you brother. No, I didn't. Because I'm, no, okay. I'm not his brother, brother, you know? <laughs> Stop appropriating me to you. <laughs> and I think the, the other thing was, like, his thing was, like, firstly, being really strong. And my favorite strong person was Andre, so fuck that. Yeah. And his second thing was shouting at camera and shouting at Gene. And no one shouted at camera or shouted at Gene better than Macho. So basically, he did two <laughs> things that my two favorite wrestlers did better. So it was like, yeah. fuck it. And then he slipped two discs picking up, picking up Andre, so I guess he got what he deserved. <laughs> Racist twat that he is. Anyway, this is your episode. So there's remember my Remember he also history. said that he wanted to have sex with his daughter? Oh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, good Very time. Trump-like, good, good, you know? Good guy all round. You know? All round good guy. Uh, really oh, good okay. guy. <laughs> <laughs> so bro wrestling. Oh, God. <clears throat> Brother wrestling. Brother. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll just talk about why I like it so much. Yeah, we can I genuinely, start there. I genuinely believe that there is a style of storytelling that can only be told in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful, long-form story. Obviously, like, the stories can be different, but there's, like... Because it's, like, the same characters for years and years and years. Yeah. The, like, the... The level of like depth of backstory you can get is something mm. that I 
don't think happens in a lot of other forms of media and which is why like t- t- for me also the story is like the best bit about wrestling yeah all of the moves are really cool the physicality is incredible but like what keeps me watching is the fact that i want to know what happens next between, what do you think like, the closest comparison you could make to wrestling from another kind of like creative outlet would be because immediately this is kind of weird but immediately i think of anime i see i haven't watched anime like at all yeah but i i I gets compared to soap operas a lot but again i haven't watched a lot of soap operas but (sighs) i can imagine it's the same sort of thing because people are on it for like years and the the reason i say anime and i I might get a lot of (coughs) hatred for this but i kind of feel like soap operas are anime but aren't entertaining um, <laughs> and what I mean when I say that is like not that fucking Phil from EastEnders is going to pull out a katana and go like what's in this slash up a load of demons or, but imagine if he did I'd start watching EastEnders um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'd love that I can't I'd love that as well. <laughs> give him a demon slayer scar on the side of his face um, he kind of looks like a demon. Uh, anyway, look, it's kind of like a, a soap opera is like an anime without the action, without the beautiful art, without the cinematography. It's mm. kind of an anime without anything except the extreme amounts of story. Because yeah. anime gets a lot more story in, I think, firstly, because anime is really thoughtfully made. And secondly, because Jesus Christ, do characters in anime talk? A lot. (laughs) Inner monologues, outer monologues, dialogues. There's so much needless conversation in a lot of anime that you get a lot more story than you would in a a Western production or a film because it's just not realistic, (laughs) the amount that they say. And I kind of feel like that's the same with wrestling because like in a soap opera... You, you get all of that bullshit like like the chatting and the monologue and the inner monologue and like the thoughtful pensive looks but the reason yeah. wrestling's like anime is because you hear their inner monologue when they get interviewed backstage and it's colorful and crazy and then they do fight and some of them fucking pull out chairs like katanas and like they dress <laughs> like they're in an anime too sometimes so like i don't know calling wrestling soap opera i feel like is really not doing it justice yeah i would agree with that I, but yeah, so there is there is a YouTuber who makes a lot of anime videos whose name I can't remember, but he's also done like three Great. incredible pro wrestling videos. I'm going to try and find... Yeah, it. see, there's a lot of crossover. There is. Yeah. I, I, I also feel like the, the kind of like crossover of the fan base is kind of weird to say that there would be a crossover of the fan base. But I feel like the intensity of anime fans rivals that of the intensity of wrestling fans you're just talking about soap operas anime and i said that you were going to look for your youtube yes. guy the guy's name is super eye patch oh nice very that's an extreme he's done, anime he's like, name yeah he's done a load of anime stuff but he's done like three or four really good videos about wrestling so i guess mm. there is some crossover there yeah there's yeah like obviously it goes without saying there's crossover with every fan base on earth uh, yeah. Like even absurd ones, like fucking Nazi fan base and and like BLM. There's there's definitely a, a Nazi who's part of the BLM movement somewhere, but <laughs> but I feel I feel like the crossover between anime and wrestling is is gonna like surprise a lot of people. I do feel like there's a big crossover. Whereas if you're talking about yeah. soap opera, fucking fuck off, soap operas. I would actually also say like comics. 
Yeah. I feel like that would have quite a good crossover. Because or again, just superheroes like in backstory. general. Yeah. 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 It is like real life superheroes. Definitely. Especially when you're Gregory the Hurricane Helms, whose character was literally a superhero. <laughs> well, the, the, called the Hurricane. Oh, I remember the Hurricane. We all love the Hurricane. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about the Hurricane. I enjoyed watching the Hurricane, <laughs> I believe... He, Triple H fucking slammed him into an announcer's desk. <laughs> Probably. I, I remember there was one time I think he got into the ring with Triple H and Stone Cold at the same time. And he got fucking... Brave boy. He got stunned. Wait, sorry, what is fucking Triple H's finisher? Pedigree. Yeah, he got pedigreed and he got stunned. I that, I remember that, but I'm not sure if I got it right. Anyway. He, he did a lot of stuff with The Rock as well, but like that was more like promos. Like They were friends and they would do stuff together, so would you say you prefer funny. the promo side to the to the action side uh i would say yes i think it depends and it also like, like obviously what, like what is a promo for people who don't know what so that is. a promo is when like the people the wrestlers will either be like interviewed backstage or they'll shoot like a video or they'll get in the ring with a microphone and talk and it's just the way that they sort of they might like call out someone else they might explain their actions it's basically just the way to like forward the story like narratively rather than physically mm. i guess yeah so yeah i think i think someone someone doing a good promo i'm more likely to go back and rewatch that really good promo like a lot of times rather than like a really good match and maybe that's just because a promo is normally like five minutes mm. or a match could be like half an hour so it's maybe it's just a time thing but i think it's like i don't know there's something about the the like the command of the crowd that some of these people have that's just yeah incredible Their charisma and like the charisma exactly it just oozes out of yeah them. It's, it's crazy insane. It, they are so magnetizing like I th- that's yes. definitely why I think I fell in love with Macho Man so quickly and that's why I like <laughs> same as you I-, I watch promos every now and again still um, yeah. and I watch sometimes when I'm feeling sad because Andre's dead I watch some of Andre's stuff Macho oh. Man died so long ago I don't feel sad about it anymore so I watch Macho Man stuff when I feel like I need to be pumped up <laughs> um, but honestly the the one promo that I've watched this is so basic that you can tell that I'm not a real wrestling fan because this is my answer but like okay. the Stone Cold um, uh, that's Austin 316 Austin. said I just whooped your yeah, ass I've, I've seen that one yeah. so many times uh, that is that is a classic to be fair <laughs> actually incredible. the only other one I've probably watched as many times is um, when Stephanie McMahon is fucking around with Triple H for like one of the first stories they did and she's talking about how small his penis is. And, th- and then he says this, he's, he's like, uh, even a Boeing 747 looks small when you're flying it into the Grand Canyon. <laughs> Every time I've ever heard that, it gets me a good giggle. Have you heard of the Steiner Math one? The Steiner Math is a classic. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> And then if you take that two-thirds chance that I got a winning and add that to the one-half chance that he got to, have, to, to do the losing, that, yeah, I have. <laughs> it's been, so good. It's been you a put two time. people in a match, I got a 50% chance <laughs> of winning. But I'm a genetic freak, so that goes up to a 75% chance of winning. But then you add Samoa Joe, and that takes it down to a thing on a 33.3%. Wow, you remember a lot of it. Wow. I've seen it so many times. <laughs> <laughs> fucking it's so good jesus his chest is really scary oh my god he's an he is an animal he is a genetic freak no his chest like the indent between his pectorals 
Oh, okay. His physique is great. It's uh, he now steroidal. runs like a or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so clearly roid physique. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But his chest just big, makes me sad because he pump. Big Papa Pump used to have the best pecs in the biz, and now they're fucking yeah. r- like wretched little wormlets <laughs> <laughs> that seem to have crawled away from each other in fear. <laughs> <laughs> wretched little one <laughs> welcome to the learning from each other podcast <laughs> well you can hear things like wretched little wormlets <laughs> to describe a man's body yeah we're not um, we're nothing so- if not empowering on this podcast <laughs> Look, these men are probably all overconfident. They all deserve to be taken down a few pegs. Do you know what's funny? They're prob- People like Steiner are probably the least confident people on the planet. Do you think... I think... Res- a lot of wrestlers, I would say that's true for. I don't think Scott Steiner, that is true for. Yeah, uh, you're the expert. Oh, absolutely. I do not get that vibe from him. He doesn't give the Hulk Hogan vibe. He doesn't... Do you not think... I, no. I, honestly, I, I never really watched Rick Steiner do anything except for fuck up math. Um, I would like to say that's Scott Steiner. Sorry, stop, um, Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner. You. His brother is Rick. Not Stott Steiner. <laughs> and his son is... Not his son. Rick Steiner's son uh, is the current NXT champion. Wow. Bron Breaker. Bron Breaker. Yeah, they were originally going to call him Rex Steiner, which would have been fucking sick. And then they changed it last minute to Bron Yeah, Breaker. Rex Steiner is sick as hell. Why don't they call him Steinsteiner? <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. Oh, with you. I wasn't in the naming meeting, to be honest. Ryan with you. Steiner. Ryan Steinerson. They could make him Jewish. Ryan Steinerson. <laughs> <laughs> so originally, it was going to be Rex Steiner because their their real their real surname is Rex Steiner. That's cool. Like, That's really R-E-I-C-H cool. I C H Steiner, like Reich Rex Steiner. Um, so that he was going to be Rex because it would have been, you know, like a nice little, this is actually my last name. Yeah. Um, but then they were just like, that name, <laughs> that name already exists. Change it. We're going to call you Bron Breaker. <laughs> <laughs> They'll probably change it back when they move them up. I don't know if they still move people up from NXT. They do still move people up. But now, so this is getting like, this is getting into the deeper shit that I was planning on getting into, but it's all good. So the way that, with WWE specifically now so for people who don't know about wrestling WWE you will probably know about it's like the biggest wrestling company in the world um it's been around since like the 50s mm-hmm. the 60s well, I can't remember exactly. Vince McMahon made it and he's been around since the dawn of time so Vince McMahon senior had WWWF which was world Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Not um, Wheelie Wheelie Wrestling Federation. Not Wheelie Wheelie Wrestling Federation. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Vince Senior, Vince Junior, who is current CEO, he basically like undercut his dad, <laughs> <laughs> took over the business, and just completely revolutionized how wrestling works. So back in the day, there weren't glo- like there weren't national companies. It was all broken up into territories. So the WWF at the time was based in New York and it was like, you only do shows in New York. Mm -hmm. This is it. Like if you want to go somewhere else in America, you have to like ask permission for the, that territory. Wow. And then like they might, so then it come on about, they'd all be working together. 
And Vince McMahon came in and was like, fuck this, I'm just going to pay every biggest star from every promotion to come and work for me. And so then there's literally, there's a story where someone who works there for a long time called Jim Ross, who was a commentator and like yeah, a backstage guy. Yeah, I love Jim Ross. Yeah, good old JR. He was in a toilet having a poo once <laughs> and these two, these two guys came in genuinely planning to assassinate Vince McMahon. <laughs> Like genuinely, like talking about like how they were going to hire someone because he was ruining the business. Like, wow, it was a big deal at the time. I don't, um, I don't think there's a person alive who could assassinate Vince McMahon. He's not a person. No, he's anymore. uncillable. He is an, no. he's an ideal. He's a, he's capitalism made real, made steel. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so. There are lots. So now WWE is like the biggest company in the world, but there are lots of like small ind- independent promotions, and then there are some sort of like slightly bigger ones. But WWE are like the main one, and then there's loads in like the UK and Japan and Europe and all over the world. WWE went through a phase with their show NXT, which Triple H ran for like ten years, maybe. And he, he did a, a good job of, of it as well, right? He did a great job. Yeah. Like it was, it was for a while, it was a lot better than like the main stuff they were putting out <laughs> um so he he was running it and he basically was hiring everyone on the indie scene who was incredible like all of the best indies indie wrestlers were being signed to nxt by triple h yeah to just wrestle and it was incredible so you had people like kevin steen who then became kevin owens um el generico who who went who retired back to his orphanage and then Sami Zayn popped up but they're completely different people okay oh. <laughs> if you take one thing away from this it's that Sami Zayn and El Generico are completely different people okay taken away um yeah got to keep got to keep the story alive got you um Finn Balor who was Prince Devitt who in, is in my Japan. favorite wrestler oh well, no he's, he's my second favorite wrestler yeah, well to just to give you some understanding i don't follow wrestling at all nowadays the only way I get wrestling is through the two wrestlers that I follow on Instagram. <laughs> Finn Balor being my second favorite because his abs are just immaculate. And also, he was just the best and all of his demon stuff was just so incredible. It was um, so when cool, I yeah. When I used to watch it mostly through fucking What Culture Wrestling, Jesus Christ. No. <laughs> uh, what the fuck was I saying? Yeah, so Finn, Finn was the best and also he's just like such an incredible person and I love following him and like his documentary was incredible but the number one you know who the number one is i don't i don't know if i do you should know who the number one is i'll let you guess oh god are they like a current wrestler yeah um seth rollins you get two more two more guesses um oh fuck kevin owens oh my god you have one more guess becky lynch jesus christ Oh fuck! It's Rick Boogs. It's Rick Della Stick, boy. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Della Stick here is Rick Boogs. I've been Rick I've been Boogs, a fan of Boogenhagen since way before he was even a, a, a prospect to be a wrestler. <laughs> since when he was just an insane deadlifting machine who drank thirteen <laughs> cups of coffee every day. <laughs> I love Boogs with every I ounce of my would, soul. So there's a there's a wrestler he used to wrestle in um, NXT, but he got fired. Now he wrestles for AEW. Um, his name is Daddy Magic Matt, <laughs> and I think I think you would love him. 
If we're going off of name alone, I'm already completely head over heels. <laughs> He's got very much like cokehead 80s promo vibes. <laughs> he just like points at a camera and shouts and it's great. <laughs> yeah, I do like that actually. That's exactly what I want. That's exactly what yeah. I grew up with, so it's ticking the boxes. Plus there. his name is Daddy Magic. Like what's what's Well, like? I kind of feel a little bit upset because I did copyright that name a long time ago, so he is infringing. <laughs> That just means they they'll pay you loads of money. I guess it's probably because I I copyrighted Magic Daddy and he's Daddy Magic. That would explain a lot. Yeah. Well, I feel like we've gone wildly off the piste, <laughs> thanks to me. So let, let's bring it back because we're talking okay. about why you love it. So I yeah. I want you to compile your top three reasons, and you don't need to put them in order. Why you love wrestling, and then explain it to a layman. Like if I just I'm gonna empty my brain for a moment. Just give me a second. Okay, done. If you, if I'm just a complete baby, I've never watched wrestling before in my entire life, give me the three reasons why I should watch it and why you love it, and I'm just going to absorb. Okay, so I'm going to go back to what I said originally about... So the first one is that it has a level of storytelling that I don't think you can get in many other forms of media, which I love. Secondly, like these people put their bot like people are always like it's it's fake it's like it's predetermined they know who's gonna win going in but like it fucking hurts yeah and the stuff that these people can do just like watching it is incredible yeah and number three is that honestly it's probably like nostalgia for me at this mm. point i watched it as a child and i still will get the like like fun giddy excitement when i see something really oh, cool i love that so my when I was a child, this is a, this is. Well, I'll talk about the nostalgia one first because this is um, the first thing that came into my head. So, as a child, my favorite wrestler was Matt Hardy. Absolutely loved Matt Hardy. Wow. His whole thing, yeah. No, not Matt Hardy. Jeff Hardy. I'm so I sorry. Was, okay, I was gonna say, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> Matt Hardy is great as well. He, They're he both is great now, people. but back in the day, he was a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> a bit of a weirdo, mate. Um, but Jeff Jeff Hardy was my favorite, and for anyone who doesn't know, his thing was that he would just climb up big ladders and jump onto people, and he was just like insane. Like he would just do like the craziest shit, and I loved it. And I went to a trampoline park <laughs> when I was probably like nineteen, and I spent literally about half an hour doing his finisher move, which is called the Swanton. <laughs> bomb I was gonna say the Swanton bomb is one of the most iconic finishing moves, I think. Just it's with the incredible. setup and the way it's done, I think it's so beautiful. Because it's not, yes. I've been told that it's not particularly difficult to land and it's actually quite safe as well. Yeah. But it looks so impressive. And th it's there are moves out there that are a thousand times more dangerous that look way less impressive. And I, I feel like that's where the sweet spot is, right? If you're a wrestler, if you're doing this every yeah. week, you want your moves to look really, really sick but not really have an opportunity to damage you for uh, the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's relatively safe until you're doing it, like, off a 20-foot ladder True through enough. four tables. Uh, yeah, well, he always... I don't know why I brought that up, considering who we're talking about. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Remember, I'm, ba I'm baby. I forgot everything I knew about wrestling, so... <laughs> um, and so they left WWE. Uh, I don't know, like... Maybe, like years ago and then they came back at Wrestlemania I can't remember which one it was but at a Wrestlemania and I was watching it and I was set up and it was like 3am and I, I was watching that. it by myself yeah. it was after and, um, Matt did all of the 
All the broken yeah, shit. Yeah, I remember. Oh, man. I remember that. That was yeah. such a good moment. Yeah, the no broken one thought it was, was going to so happen. Good. No one thought it was going to no, happen. They, and then Matt came down the wrestling. ramp doing the delete stuff and people were freaking yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm baby. I forgot okay. everything and I just took that over completely. <laughs> Continue. Um, and I literally like... So the it, it, it's, it's meant to be like a three-team ladder match at wrestlemania for the tag team titles and then the hosts of wrestlemania the new day come out and they're like we've got a surprise for you there's another team and i was like no fucking way no fucking way this isn't happening they're not actually having the hardies and then the iconic like 90s attitude era hardy music hits Mm -hmm. everyone loses their mind i'm in my living room like trying not to wake people up in my house (laughs) but i'm so excited are you by yourself and i'm just like doing the like the jeff hardy like little hands oh are you alone (laughs) on my own yeah (laughs) completely alone and then so then the match happens and jeff hardy climbs a ladder and i genuinely got my phone out to record like his first swanton back in wwe because i was so excited that's just like the level of nostalgia that 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 him specifically have has like for me i'm just in love with him and he had a match like i don't know when we're going to release this but he had a match very recently on aew against darby allen which was fucking insane (laughs) he jumped so basically the the big spot for this match the big like set piece move was that they'd set up like eight chairs Mm -hmm. sort of like sat up facing each other so it kind of so you could lay down on it kind of like a bed Mm. does that make sense yeah kind of and then they put a very oh no large, in fact yeah like, no, that makes exact perfect sense yeah okay cool <laughs> then they put like a 20 foot ladder in the ring and these chairs are on the outside of the ring Jesus so that's an extra couple of Christ, feet of the ring yeah um they're fighting jeff hardy gets punched by darby allen who is sort of like a new jeff hardy mm. kind of he's just also insane <laughs> <laughs> um he then climbs up the the ladder this 20 foot ladder that, so his finisher move is called the coffin drop, where basically nice name. he puts his like, yeah, right. Really, <laughs> he's a really very good. emo boy. Yeah, <laughs> um, he just like crosses his arms around his front and then just does like a backdrop, just like straight like jumps, back hits you. He just did that from the top of this ladder onto Jeff Hardy through like chairs, kind of missed and hit Ooh. like the rim of the like the top of the seat of the chair oh Oh my god it looks so painful jesus it's yeah and there you go that moves on to the second thing these people do fucking insane shit and (laughs) it's crazy to watch yeah well this is interesting because this is leading really well into something i wanted to throw in um okay my jeff hardy was cm punk ah okay and i feel like i would have felt that level of excitement when cm punk came back to aw mm-hmm. if he hadn't gone and gotten himself beaten up in ufc <laughs> now i am a ufc fan i'm a boxing fan too okay. i i watch ufc and boxing regularly not so much ufc yeah. anymore just because it's phased out but that's like that's nothing really but but essentially like the way they batter themselves about in in the ring is incredible. And mm-hmm. the UFC people couldn't do it. 
but it's something yeah. about the legacy of Jeff and the way he maintained it, and then the legacy of Punk and the way he cheapened it. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't that. really know my my point to this, but like, I think <laughs> what I'm trying to say is I understand, and and I think it also adds to like the legitimacy. So like, people always say like wrestling isn't real, so it's not legit. Like, look at UFC, they're real, they're getting punched in the face every day. Yeah, okay, but you know, if a fight ends with one clean punch to the face, they may get a concussion. They may not. And they may very well yeah. have lucked out like crazy. And in fact, the person who won may very well not have been hit a single time. That means you've gone into the ring, earned a huge payday, and not been hurt a single time. You, when you go into a wrestling ring, there is not really, unless you're a jobber, there's not a chance that you're going in to basically have a short match where you barely get hurt. And in fact, if you're a jobber, sorry, I'm, I'm not talking about jobbers. I mean the people who fuck jobbers up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, jobbers are like they they're usually like local talent that they come in and they're just there to get beaten in yeah. like twenty seconds to, to, to make, make the, someone look really the main strong. Guys look really strong. So so I guess what I'm saying is like the re the the, the excuse people to give for legit legitimacy the argument of like well wrestling isn't real it's actually working against themselves because yes the <laughs> UFC is going in to kill each other I understand that but. The UFC match can end with an armbar that doesn't damage them in 10 seconds, you know? It doesn't yeah. always, in fact, it doesn't usually, but it can. Whereas a wrestling match never does, and it always involves brutality. And on top of that, a wrestler's doing brutal matches every fucking second day all year round. <laughs> whereas UFC uh, fighters, who fight frequently for fighters... Uh, are doing it like maybe four four times a year, and boxers yeah. might like maybe do it twice a year, and twice a year is a busy year. So as far <laughs> as I'm concerned, wrestlers are harder than fighters. Yeah, and even if even if you do think like that, there are wrestlers that have made the transition and been very successful, like Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar fucking annihilated. Well, he was on steroids the whole time, but he he did do an incredible. <laughs> He did a good. He, he did a good job. Well. Bobby Lashley, uh, fucking um, Batista. It has a one and zero record in year in in really? mixed I martial didn't know arts. That. Yeah. He, Jake Hager. Jake who Hager. Used to be Jack Swagger. Yeah. He's currently undefeated in Bellator. He's a real deal. Yeah. So there are like some people can make that transition and do it if they want. CM Punk to. upset like, me because he really talked to Big Talk and I could I could yeah. have beaten him at the time and I <laughs> at the time I had four less years training than I do now. It was just really <laughs> fucked. It was bad. <laughs> anyway, I've derailed you again. Sorry. I'm listening. That's all right. Listening. It's fine. It's all part of the conversation. But this is um, your episode, Charlie. <laughs> This is why you love wrestling, not why Theo's sad CM Punk ruined his legacy. Yeah, but also, have you seen the CM Punk coming back video? Like, it's very emotional. No. It's it's real good. It's very emotional. I probably it's won't just watch like, it. He's, like, crying. It's really oh, good. Oh, really? He's, honestly, since he's come back, he's been, like, insanely good. <sighs> Considering he didn't wrestle for, like, seven years. He oh, man. just, like... He, I told a lie. I follow three wrestlers on... On Instagram, Ruby Soho. Ah, oh, yeah, let's go. I love Ruby. Yeah, because I fucking loved Ruby Riot so much in WWE. She was the best. Yeah. I fucking loved that that lady, and she's very attractive. Just want to say that. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to say that. 
<laughs> just getting it out there. In like a punk um, way, like in a punch you in the face, break your nose kind of way, you know? Step on me mummy way. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. But but I'm happy that I've had that window into your soul. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so wrestling, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what was I saying? You're talking yeah, about how much so, you respect like, how much they put their bodies on the line. Yeah, and even even if it's not a, like a like a, a death match or anything, even if it's just like a standard rules like match, like there's still so much risk that things can go wrong. Yeah, like at a moment's notice, and I just think that these people deserve a lot more respect than they get also just like physically if they if they're wrestling for like half an hour that is like half an hour of like intense yeah like f- like cardio like they are moving pretty 100%. much all the time yeah they might they might have like a little rest for like 10 seconds but like that's it like they have to be like on top physical form the masters who go into the ring and do an insane th- like crazy match for an hour and don't get hurt they deserve respect because they are true artists masters at their craft and then the total amateur twats who are doing their first ever match and who are throwing themselves onto concrete giving themselves concussions they deserve respect for putting their bodies on the line anyway so at every level of wrestling everyone deserves respect that is the other thing I will say. Another reason I love it is that there is something for everyone in wrestling. Mm. Whether you like comedy stuff, Romance. whether you like serious stuff, whether you like hardcore like deathmatch, whether you like technical romance, yeah. yeah technical like... romance. Technical romance. <laughs> That's technically romance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like there is genuinely like something for everyone. And you might not like everything on one show, but like I I feel that like a good company will have something on a show for everyone not necessarily everything will be for you if yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 100%. But are you talking about WWE or wrestling as a gen- as a whole? I'm talking about wrestling in general. Yeah, I was going to say that. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. because WWE do not. WWE do, is specifically have... for uh, Now that like, they uh, they they have their style and they have the way that it fans works for them. will never stop watching WWE. But I, yeah. I, and I don't watch wrestling anymore, so this is a very out-of-date opinion. But when I stopped watching wrestling, it was because I felt like I was being punished for being a wrestling fan. Because they had yeah. started catering more to, like, very overweight white males in their 50s and children. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, that's why I haven't watched WWE in a couple years Oh, now. really? Interesting. Um, yeah. But I, I, like, I still like to keep up to date with, like, what's going on. But since AEW started, which was in like 2019, I've I've don't think I've watched. I maybe watched like a WrestleMania, but like that's it. Mm. Like I've just I've completely like dropped off. Can I add something Complete. to your list of three? Just a really mini one, just because we got the time. Yeah, of course. The 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 thing that I think I was most affected by in my own life from wrestling because I wasn't a big fan of wrestling. Uh, so f- you know, the thing that actually affected me was the theme tunes. 100 percent okay um so so like i still remember my most recent brush with like emotion true emotion like like crying while i watched wrestling because it was so uh passionate was um 
Oh, I wish I, well, I wish I could remember who she was the guitarist for. She was a guitarist for a specific band. I wasn't a fan of the band, but it was Shinsuke's uh, entrance to WrestleMania. I think when he was going up uh, f- for like one of the championships against AJ Styles. I think maybe. I, I don't know. I yeah. think it was the one he won though. So, oh, it might have been in NXT then. No, he was definitely on the main card, so he didn't win. It was something. It may have been for the Intercontinental <laughs> Championship, actually. But who, who cares? Okay, okay. The electric yeah. guitar of his theme back when, before he was a, a heel. So there was no rap. It was just the f- the face. Yeah. Oh so man, good. that music just touched every part of my central nervous system. It lit me up like a fucking <laughs> Christmas tree. Like seriously, <laughs> I have watched that so many times. And when it goes like dark. And the guitarist does like a jump and strums the guitar a single time. I tears come into my eyes involuntarily. It's like when I listen to the cross between uh, f- um, March of the Black Queen and Funny How Love Is by Queen. In, in, there's a crossover between those tracks where it builds up perfectly yeah. into this massive crescendo at the start of Funny How Love Is. I just start crying and I can't control it. It was exactly like that. There, there, are, there are magical moments in music that just touch the soul that you cannot get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And I actually do think, although a lot of them are shit, uh, <laughs> wrestling themes more often than not really fucking hit the mark. Like they do a great uh, job. Let me tell you, there are some, f- like some of them, Darby Allen's theme is incredible. It's a song called I Fell. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Ricky Stark's theme is like a he's from New Orleans and it's a very like New Orleans like jazzy like nice. it's great the ones I remember I mean obviously Finn Balor like the Finn Balor the demon one holy yeah. shit so sick Samoa Joe um, oh Samoa Joe's I miss Samoa so Joe good. but Samoa Joe is fucking voice acting in the new Arkham game he's the sh- he's Shark <laughs> Samoa Joe also <laughs> just debuted in AEW oh, he's doing so well for himself good lad yeah I always love Joe so like fuck yeah dude current Ring of Honor television champion also nice he's doing great he's yeah. doing fucking he's doing great, great. Uh, who else did I have? Yeah, obviously Shin. Like I listened to Shin's nonstop. Honestly, it was yeah. Shin and Bala. Like their themes yeah, were fair. the fucking best back in the day. But I did have like mm-hmm. I had the classics. I had Seth Rollins. I had Sa- Sami Zayn. Um, oh, Sami Zayn's. Is funnily good. enough, uh, uh, f- Tazawa. Okay. <laughs> he had a pretty decent theme that I listened to no. a lot. I think it was called like Purple Velvet or something. I can't remember. And also the worst tag team of all time. Those fucking idiots who wore like pointy clothes who are from Canada who got jobbed out to like those old people at WrestleMania and their whole career was ruined. Um, the Ascension. Yeah, The Ascension. Their theme yeah. slapped. <laughs> Holy shit. The Ascension was so good. And then they fucked them as soon as they brought yeah, them up. Classic WWE In NXT, they were incredible. They got brought up and they were just like, you're just like a shit road yeah. warriors. And Which then everyone was true. like, oh no, they came out and were like, we're better than the Road Warriors. And everyone was like, boo, we hate you now. And then they just got killed by old people. Oh no, wait. Is that them? Or is that Seth Rollins? That's Seth Rollins. Fuck. No, well, yeah, they, they had a great one. I haven't listened to it in a while, but. Oh yeah, no, it is similar. It's. Yeah. Yeah, no, they were good. Um, the, a lot of gym 
good memories like a lot yeah. a lot of really early p- personal records in the gym when i was young were broken listening to things like braun Strowman's theme <laughs> and actually killian dane i don't know if you remember killian dane but he had an incredible theme his theme was great for the gym super good <laughs> anyway sorry that's my li- that's, okay. that's my little 50p um nice. so let's move on to your last point yes the storytelling yeah so for this i want to give an example of a story that happened recent so this is like a recent one okay it happened in AEW, which is all elite wrestling like i said they're, they're kind of they're like the main one that i watch at the moment i think like a lot of their stuff is great mm. and i really i'm just really enjoying it i think it's really good there, there's good like i said they're doing stuff that's like some a bit for everyone but this story is um mainly it's it's around hangman adam page um who i like as well as who you like is that what you said yeah i think i like him i can't really remember if i know him but i know i like hangman nice um so when all elite wrestling started it was started by a group of wrestlers called the elite which were matt and nick jackson who were the young bucks kenny omega cody rhodes and hangman adam page yeah uh Yes, I do know who you're talking. He's the guy with like the who had like almost the panda face paint. No, no, no. Who is that guy? He had black and white face paint. Darby Allen. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No worries. Um, and at the very first press conference they did, Hangman Page gets up and he says. I will be your first world champion. He was like, I don't know the plans. I don't know when it's happening, but I will be your first champion. Mm. And it goes up to, so the, the first pay-per-view, he wins a battle royal to get into the match uh, to like fight for the championship. With, against who? Uh, against um, Chris Jericho. Holy shit. Who is like, he's been wrestling for like 30 years. Yeah very well known like an incredible get for them like right off the bat that chris jericho joined i totally forgot about really chris jericho. yeah uh, uh, j- just a little little tidbit incredible theme also incredible theme yeah amazing his aw theme is really good as well it's just his own song like it's his own band song oh <laughs> great song. fuck yeah fozzy um fozzy yeah judas by fozzy. yeah man like, oh it's a good song. yeah no good for him he's living out his dream is he what's his finisher right now uh so his finisher now is called the Judas Effect, which is like a spinning back elbow. Ooh, nice and safe um, for his old bones. Yeah, but it used to be like the Walls of Jericho or the Lion Tamer, which were like submission moves. Yeah, I loved that. That was a good one. Yeah, the Walls of Jericho is a classic. Um, so they they go up, so they're fighting in the main event of what like the second pay per view AEW does, um, to be the first champion. And everyone before the match, there's loads of things going into it where they're like, Hangman, like you're you're the underdog in this one, like you're only like twenty six or twenty seven or however old he was, like, come on, like, do you really think you can win? And he was like, I've said like I will do whatever it takes to win. I said I came out and I said that I will be the champion mm. and then he loses. Whoa. He loses the match. And that starts like Is it really hard did he fight hard though? He fought very hard. Yeah. He fought very hard. And this starts like a very slow losing streak where he he can never get like the big win 
he can he can pick up the wins against the little people like you know like the people lower down the card but like he has a match with pack who was neville in wwe yeah oh my fucking god yeah neville <laughs> yeah um and he, he can't beat pack and then he has other like higher caliber matches and he just can't seem to beat anyone until he joins a makeshift tag team with fellow elite member kenny omega who is and kenny omega coming in to AEW was like the best wrestler in the world yeah like he's known as like the best bout machine like he can just go and he is insane and when he started off he also kind of had like a bit of a losing streak at the start and then they form a tag team together they end up winning the tag team championships and during this time hangman is becoming like a bit of an alcoholic after every match he goes into the crowd like grabs a beer from someone downs it is having a great time the crowd also at this point absolutely fucking love him <laughs> like yeah the most over boy in the world Underdog. um so they kenny and hangman are the are the champions and hangman is kind of like wanting to leave the elite because he's like i can't just keep being like the least successful member of this group i need to go out and be by myself but kenny and the young bucks keep just like pulling them back in and they're like come on like you need to you need to be your friends come on you stay with you and then honestly there is possibly my favorite match of all time which is hangman adam page and kenny omega versus the young bucks for the AEW world tag team championships at revolution 2020 and this match fucking slaps going into it there is so much tension i genuinely like can't remember before this moment being this excited for like one match like the build-up to it was incredible the tension between like kenny being like best friends with the bucks and him sort of like him and hangman having a lot of friction between them hangman wanting to distance himself from everyone altogether but them being like you kind of owe us because we kind of like sorted you out Mm. like we got you this job basically so him kind of being like kept in the emotion in the match is just incredible um and at the end hangman page and omega win but like just it's like a 40 minute match it's in honestly i cannot tell you how much i love this match yeah this is one where i have gone back and watched it a couple of times because it's just so it's good so, it's just um, that good yeah and they do a little tease break up at the end between hangman where omega and the young bucks are in the ring hangman's by himself on the outside and he's setting up on the ropes to flip out so his finisher is called the buckshot lariat yeah where he flips over the top rope and then hits them with like a clothesline so basically just like a big like hit with with your like upper arm i can't remember what that part of your arm is called forearm um forearm thank you um so he's like setting that up and then kenny turns around and he's like oh no like i wasn't doing anything so then this goes on and and eventually kenny and hangman lose the titles because a team called ftr got in hangman's head and basically were just like we're like we can be your real friends like forget about them we'll be your friends like we're all from virginia we're all from carolina like we know you it's it's good like and then they lose the titles and kenny just like it's just like i'm done i i am done with yeah. with you i'm done with this um so then they end up they're both put into a tournament to become the number one contender for the world championship mm-hmm. um and they reach the finals and fight each other and again hangman cannot win the big one kenny wins but again it's a great match kenny then goes on to cheat to win the AEW world champion becoming big major heel the young bucks then also turn heel 
all become big, like, the baddest guys. And during this time, Hangman is just like, fuck, like, he's, he's, he's becoming friends with this group called the Dark Order, mm. who are... They're kind of like a cult, but they're like a nice cult. <laughs> the nice. <laughs> they're very just like friendly and funny. And he's like, and they have this whole thing where they're trying to get Hangman to join the Dark Order. Um, and he's just like, I can't. Like the last time I joined a group, it ended really badly. I can't put myself in that position. I just can't do it. Yeah. And he tries to distance himself from them. And they're like, hey, like you don't need to join. You can just like, we can just hang out like sometimes. Like we can just be friends. And he's like, yeah, that would be really nice. <laughs> That's sad. And it's so wholesome. Um, and then, so Hang Omega's championship reign lasts like months and months and months, mm. almost a year. Um, and it gets to the point where he's like, I've beaten everyone. I've beaten like, there's no one left here. I'm just going to take a couple months off because no one is on my level. I'm unbeatable. And then a couple of the members of the Dark Order come out and they're like, I think we know someone who, who could beat you like definitely and then hangman is like what the fuck guys like how could you do this i can do my own battles like i don't need you to help me out fuck you basically um and gets really angry and just leaves for like a couple months Mm. like for a couple weeks and they're like fuck like we shouldn't have done that like you know but they're just like you need to believe in yourself like you can you can do this you can beat him and then he he comes back theo he comes back (laughs) and he wins a ladder match and he, he gets his shot against Kenny Omega and he cuts one of the best promos I've ever seen which is all about how so his catchphrase is like cowboy shit yeah where he's just like I'm gonna do cowboy shit and he's like I can't promise you that I'm gonna win but I can promise you I'll give you my heart I will give you my soul I will give you my blood either way win or lose I will give you my tears but there is one thing that I can guarantee I will give you and that is cowboy shit <laughs> like oh my yeah, god cowboy yeah, shit honestly, and he's just He's just like Lenny. coming out here in the first, in the first, uh, uh, what is it? Coming out of the first press conference and saying oh, I'm going to be champion. That was cowboy shit. And just like goes through like the whole three years up to this point that this company has been around, that he has been just working there. And, oh, it literally like, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about wow. it. Like it was just incredible. Amazing. So then they get to the big match at full gear, which is one of the pay-per-views. And Hangman finally wins. And the young the young bucks come out. This is sorry, this is another so in the very first match against Chris Jericho, he's like, Hey young bucks, can you come out and be in my corner for support? Feel like I could really use the help and they're like, Oh, we've got our own match, like sorry, like we're not we can't really do that. And he's like, Oh no, like it's cool, don't worry about it. And then in this match, the young bucks come out and they he's setting up on the outside of the ring to flip in and hit the buckshot lariat and they just come out and they give him a little nod and they're like, Yeah. You've, you've well done like you've earned this he goes in buckshot lariat one two three wins the belt i cry i'm crying wow. <laughs> everyone's crying the dark order then come out all of them there's like 10 of them they all come out they hand him a beer and he chucks the beer on the floor and just gives them all a big hug Aww. and they pick him up and oh my god theo it's incredible this literally like it's a three-year story, yeah. which is something that you just don't get in other media. Long-form storytelling. Long-form storytelling. It's just perfect. Uh, and it's the kind of thing where you don't realize how many little strands have been made until you get to the end and you put it all together. You know, I, and I, then you're like, I think, to, to bring it full circle, I think the reason people compare it to soap opera rather than anime is because it's not animated. 
So there's like a level yeah. of realism that you achieve with non-animated stuff because it's, you know, quite literally, it's like flesh and blood. You see it happening. But the same way that calling it a soap opera means it's just not, it's not descriptive enough. Yeah. It's like the long-form storytelling that they manage over three years of EastEnders is incomparable to a TV series, even if it ran yeah. for three years, because they're not on screen as long yeah. as Phil from EastEnders is, because he's on every bloody Thursday, every week, for every year of his entire life until he dies of kidney failure. But wrestling, they truly do that. So, And it's also their real lives. So as much as it yeah. is like kayfabe it's it's like you know not real but played up to be real it is their real lives their real friends their real job their real body the real damage they're doing to it it's a level of true commitment to realism that you cannot achieve in any other form of creative industry yeah it is just unique i completely agree uh, you know it's so unique and yeah and that's that last reason is probably the main reason. And there's so many other stories that, like, you could go into. There was a recent, like, CM Punk MJF storyline that was all about, like, MJF being a fan of him, his as a child, and being, like, broken when he, like, left for seven years. Yeah. And just being, like, oh, it's so well, good. MJF is me. MJF is you. I hope not, because he's a asshole oh really <laughs> he's like he's like the most hateable person oh. but he's also like he's very fun he's just a very good heel and he's he doesn't break character so he like Ooh. he was doing like a signing and he there's like pictures of him with like little kids and he's just like got his middle finger up to them <laughs> <laughs> wow that's kind of one like, thing i really loved about the big old braun Strowman. He's just such a sweetheart, even when he yeah. was a heel. He's just such a sweetie pie. I'm I'm a sucker for sweet people. What can I say? <laughs> that's well, why we look, so well. That's good. That's why we put this together because you're such a sweet person, Charlie. Oh, stop it. Uh, well, shit. I feel learned. Thank you for sharing your passion with me. <laughs> Thank um, you for, for and I'm happy that we did shared. this. In, instead yeah, of, of the, the philosophical discussion because I feel like it's good to start this podcast wherever it ends up going with what makes us both tick. Yeah. Um, and wrestling is such a huge part of your life. I it think really it's a, is. It's a really good place to start. And, and I yeah. can only hope that I have enough time to think of something that fulfills <laughs> me as much as wrestling fulfills you. I, I can't really it's think also, of it's It's also just be. nice to be given... Because it's not something that many other people... I know personally like like so it's nice to actually just be like I can finally just talk about this thing I absolutely fucking love <laughs> and I don't have to be like I'm sorry like I know you don't care about this but like here's the thing well, this, is the, this, this is, really is cool. this is the concept of the podcast people yeah basically I'm not gonna start watching wrestling again and as much as I was a big fan of wrestling I'm not anymore yeah uh, but he I have to be held hostage while he speaks about it because that's <laughs> The podcast. <laughs> no, I'm, j I'm joking. I, I, I care about his interests despite them not being mine. And so he's teaching me about them and vice versa. And we, we're going to have some discussion episodes coming up too where it's like things that we have common ground on, but maybe we have slight disagreements over. But like, 
this is going to be the predominant stuff where one of us tells the other one about something we know a lot about or we feel very strongly about and the other one doesn't as much and as much as i know a decent bit about wrestling i think it's pretty freaking clear i don't know as much as the godfather himself charlie <laughs> so thank you for for also, there that. will be people listening to this who are like well actually you got that slight thing wrong and i'll be like yeah. oh, look. i can't believe I you compared wrestling to anime it's very different <laughs> as a fan of anime they were like, and, you said his surname was Rex Steiner, of... when actually it's pronounced Reich Steiner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Reich Steiner, that would be really bad. <laughs> and then if he died and they were replaced him with another one and they died and replaced him again, then it could be the third Reich Steiner. Huh? Well, yeah, oh, huh? No, that's not good. <laughs> okay, I'll leave you with that bombshell. It took bombshell. me a second to like... Okay. <laughs> ...with what you said, then I was like, oh, no. Thanks, guys. And leaving leaving it out on a beautiful Third Reich joke. Uh, thank you very much for listening to Learning From Each Other. This has been the first episode. Absolute hodgepodge. We don't even have a fucking theme tune. Um, we don't. Well, uh, we do. It's a- first things first on the realist plate. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Iggy. <laughs> Uh, but let me have a look for that. Um, we're just going to keep on cracking this out for as long as we keep enjoying it. So if you're one person that's listened to this and you enjoyed it, thank you very much. And I hope you have a wonderful day. We love you very much. Whoever you are. Strange person. Bye. Bye.